to the South Point Living Podcast. I'm Melissa Hopper, Creative Director at South Point Publishing, and as always, I am here with Mark Ribble, Editor of the South Point Sun. Hello, Mark. Hi, Melissa. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So um, we don't have any interviews this week, just you and I talking about a few things, but before we get started into anything else, do you have some trivia questions? I do. I do. I have five trivia questions, and they all have a they all run along the same theme and you can figure the theme out i'm sure after the first couples okay all right so question number one what federal department in canada becomes the largest employer in the country for one day question two only six square kilometers what ontario riding is the smallest in canada but has nearly three times the population as canada's largest riding Question three, what day of the week are federal elections mandated to fall on? Number four is, what is the minimum number of days legally allowed for an election campaign in Canada? And number five, who is the leader of the federal NDP party? All right. Well, yes, I definitely uh, get the theme to that. So... (laughs) Um, and yes, election time um, always makes things a little bit busier for the newspaper, for sure. Yes. Um, you know, we end up getting more advertisements related to it. And then, um, you know, some stuff doing profiles on the candidates, too. So, um, you know, definitely makes things a little busier for us, too, around election time. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, so what is coming out in the South Point Sun this week? Well, besides the election, there is, there is a, little, uh, a little blurb on the election in the paper this week. But we do have the Hogs for Hospice Cash's King draw winner from um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, $99,700 was picked up by Maureen Nelson of Deborah, Ontario. And she uh, made a 10-hour drive down to Leamington to pick up her check last week. So we had a story on that and some photos. And she was quite happy to receive the money and, and uh, quite, quite a comical character she was. So it was interesting to talk to her and uh, interview her for the story. Oh, that's great. I look forward to reading that. And yes, definitely worth a 10-hour drive to to pick up that kind of cash. Absolutely. Elsewhere, the Leamington Regional Food Hub opened last Thursday, August 12th, to great fanfare. There were dozens of people out uh, at the location on Talbot Street West. And uh, we were there, and we'll bring you the information and photos from that, uh, that big event. So the Leamington Regional Food Hub will use rescued produce, um, and provide packaged produce and uh, actually frozen produce later on to um, communities all across Ontario. And they're concentrating or focusing also on uh, First Nations communities that may be without food. So that's a good a good project for sure. Oh, that's wonderful that they're doing that. Yes. And the Leamington Lakers 18U team, which would, we would formally know as the midget team, won the Ontario uh, Championship on the weekend, beating Chatham 6-5 to become the 2021 B champions. Good for so them. That, Where was that one held? That was held in Chatham. Um, it was, a, it was a, I believe, a two- or three-week tournament, round-robin tournament between four teams of the same classification, and Leamington came out on top. They won five of their six games. So. Wow, good for them. That was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leamington is also announced to be holding two big outdoor concerts on September 4th and 18th at Seacliff Park Sunset Amphitheater. This is great news for people wanting to get out and see some live music. Jody Rafool will headline the September 4th concert and country music star Michelle Wright will headline the 18th concert. And both concerts are free. 
Oh, that's great. Have they said um, anything about social distancing measures or is there any um, anything that's in place? That was one of the things I saw the headline, but didn't read too much into it um, when the press release was sent out. But have they said anything about that? I believe in the in the initial announcement from the municipality, there's a there's a paragraph about uh, COVID precautions and restrictions. They haven't really said anything about limiting the amount of people, but they do. They are asking people to follow COVID guidelines and social distance and not mingle in large groups and that sort of thing. So, because you know, I definitely think those will be well attended events, and I've seen yes. ones done in other places around the world when they've started doing outdoor concerts and stuff, and they have like the circles, and you have to go sit circles on the ground, mm-hmm. and you have to go sit or stand within that little circle, and you and your group are only you know. So I didn't yeah. know if they would be doing anything like that, or whether it's just everybody come and trust that everyone's going to um, right adhere I... to those measures. I suspect as cautious as Leamington has been, and I think, I believe out of the three municipalities that our paper serves, Leamington's been the most cautious of everyone with, with reopening stuff and, and that sort of thing. Not that the other ones haven't been cautious, but I think Leamington's kind of taken a little more time to get things going than Kingsville and Chatham Kent. So I, I believe that they will come up with something, and I plan on interviewing uh, Hilda McDonald probably in the next couple of weeks. And asking her that question, if there are precautions being followed for that, I'm, I'm sure there are. And do you know, too, this might be something that you'll find out over the next couple of weeks, too, but when if, when, and if they plan on having the um, complex, the Nature Fresh Farms Recreation Complex, open back up um, as far as programming goes, um, you know, the fall recreation. I know that some of the other municipalities locally have started you know you can sign up i just signed my daughter up for a program of a different municipality do you know anything about when they're going to start offering those again that is a good question i have not heard a thing about that i i am not even sure that the vaccination clinic is is i know all the signage is down and all the roadblocks are down there for the vaccination clinic um but i don't know uh whether the vaccination clinic is still in existence or not i believe it's still going but i do know the flyers are on the ice so they must be ramping up for fall things but i'll look into that and we'll get some news to people in the next couple of weeks okay thank you and actually one of the things i um, have just through my children playing baseball and talking to some friends that a lot of parents are looking to get their kids signed up for things but nobody's really sure of who's got what programs available um, you know whether it's through chatham kent and wheatley kingsville leamington everyone's just kind of wondering what they can do um, you know other than hockey because I know a lot of people are signing their kids up for hockey but the other programming um, swimming lessons and stuff like that everyone's still kind of unsure of if and when that's going to happen so uh, yeah any information you can find on that would be greatly appreciated. Certainly we'll go looking for some information I have a suspicion that with the delta surges that are going on right now that that people are just kind of holding back before they make any firm decisions but but we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. what happens. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, Yes. And in talking too about some other things going on, um, I just wanted to mention that both the Art Society of Kingsville and the Leamington Arts Centre have some exhibits going on right now. So the Art Society of Kingsville is having their one-of-a-kind art exhibition and sale, and that's where you can go and see some of the uh, work by Essex County's finest artists. It's on starting August 18th to September 6th at the Carnegie Arts and Business Centre, which is at 28 Division Street South in Kingsville. 
And for more information, uh, people can go to mykingsville.ca. And if you click on the calendar there and look at the dates, it will give you some more information on that. And then the Leamington Arts Center is hosting Arts at the Marina at the Gallery. So Le- the Leamington Arts Center's Arts at the Marina has always been a popular event, but they were not able to hold it uh, again this year. So they instead have taken, um, you know, the concept, the same um, art- artists and artisans that would have been at Arts at the Marina and their work is on display at the gallery itself. So that's on now until August 29th at the Leamington Arts Center, which is 72 Talbot Street West in Leamington. So yeah, just two things. If anybody's looking for uh, something to do, um, you know, go check out those two exhibits uh, and support local artists. Um, definitely sure. be good. Now, I found something. Uh, we often look through old um, old copies of the newspapers, and I found something from August twentieth, nineteen oh eight. So one hundred and thirteen years ago, and the headline just caught my eye, and it said, um, "John A. Bristow seriously hurt in runaway accident." So on it. it This is what the article says. Friday morning, a party of 25 persons hailing from Indiana, traveling in five touring cars, passed through here on their way to Toronto. While two of the cars were coming through Ruthven, John A. Bristow and his wife, who had been at Leamington, were driving home and their horses took fright and became unmanageable. Mr. Bristow was thrown out, I'm assuming, of the carriage that they were riding in. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Bristow jumped out, both being badly hurt. Mr. and Mrs. Bristow and William McDonald saw the autos coming and tried to make them stop, but they appeared to have passed without any notice and never even looked back to see if an accident had occurred. The Bristows then telephoned the Leamington police to have them stopped. Constable Hurst halted the first three passing through, but they denied all knowledge of any accident and were allowed to go on. The last two autos were then detained and the occupants also denied they were to blame for the runaway. They were allowed to proceed. Constable Hurst, however, telephoned the police in London, and the owners were given bonds to appear in Leamington when they arrived in London. So they arrived back in Leamington on the 11.30 p.m. train Saturday morning, accompanied by their solicitor, Robert Cowan of London, and they settled the case out of court by paying $150. So... That was in Leamington, Leamington Post, but also in the Leamington Post, they had an excerpt from what appeared about the same accident in the London Free Press. And so this is what it said in the London Free Press. A party of 25 tourists and five separate automobiles arrived in the city Friday from Indiana and registered at the Hotel Tecumseh. A few moments later, Detectives Eggleton and Ryder entered the hotel and quietly placed G.A. Pilmere and W.H. Glover of the visitors under arrest. Both these gentlemen, who are wealthy American manufacturers, were greatly surprised when they found out that certain residents of Ruthven had had the officials of Leamington telegraph ahead asking the police in London to detain them, charging that their machines had caused a runaway accident in which a man and his wife had been severely injured and that a damage to the owner's motor cars would be the result. Sorry, a damaged suit to the owners of the motor cars would be the result so that they were going to sue. So the Indiana gentlemen were taken to the local, and I think it says local Bastille. Sometimes it's hard with these old papers that Mm -hmm. the typeset gets just typed over because they couldn't just do backspace and they didn't have whiteout. So sometimes they just typed over words. So it looks like Bastille. Um, But they were 
um, ordered to appear before the magistrate in Leamington Court on Saturday, and bonds were fixed in the sum of $1,000 each, the prisoners themselves putting up part of the collateral and Mr. George O'Neill of the Tecumseh Hotel standing responsible for the remainder. So now there's a quote from Mr. Glover, who was one of the men who was charged, and he says, They tell me that our machines caused a man and his wife to be badly injured while passing through the village of Ruthven. As the story goes, the man, upon seeing the autos approach, jumped from the wagon. However, it is claimed that the whistling of our machines caused the frightened animals to dash madly into a store window, dragging the owner with them. So these were details that weren't mentioned in the Leamington Post article, but mentioned in the free press one. Mr. Glover goes on to say, and this is a quote, in the collision which resulted both the unfortunate man and his wife were hurt. None of the occupants of any of our cars noticed the accident or we would all have certainly stopped and done all in our power to assist the sufferers. I feel that we can in no way be held responsible for the incident. So then Detective Eggleton from London Police stated that although his prisoners were both rated as millionaires, they would have to be kept in jail at night and have the hearing by proxy and allow the visitors to be set free under heavy bonds. So that's the London Free Press's version of it. But yes, so it turns out that, you know, that that wasn't mentioned about the horses running into a store window in the Leamington Post. So it's hard to know what really happened. But these millionaires coming through on their cars from Indiana and spook these horses and these this poor man and woman mr and mrs bristow were very injured by that but it just thinking of how that whole process went when they mr and mrs bristow then telephoned leamington to have these people stopped who were coming through on their motor cars and then this constable in leamington sent a telegraph to london <laughs> saying these people are coming they're staying you know got them at this hotel and have them charged and they were sent back down on a train and had to they settled out of out of court, but yes, just yeah, not, it'd be interesting to know if, um, like, if there was any um, report in the following week's paper to see if the Bristows survived or or what happened. Eh? Yes, well, I will look that up and I will report back next week and let you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of celebrity birthdays for you this week. Okay. So, and they're all um, very well known people and. Uh, you know, yeah, probably need no um, no real explanation on who they are. But the first one is Madonna. Madonna? How old do oh. you think Madonna is turning? Madonna is older than I. Um, I'm going to say she's uh, 62. Oh, so close. 63. Ah, I was going to yes. say 63 and I didn't. Yeah. Um, the next one is Steve Carell from The Office. And he's now on The Morning Show on Apple TV. I, it would just be a guess at Steve Carell. Uh, I'm going to say 54. No, he is closer to you in age. He's 59. Oh, is he? Oh, wow. Yes. And then the last one here is um, 42nd President of the United States, Bill Clinton. How old do you think he's turning? Bill Clinton's probably, I'm going to say he's at a milestone. So I'm going to say he's either 75 or 80. So I'm going to go 75. And you would be exactly right. So oh. well done. Way to end on a on a high note there. We got one right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give you the hint and say he's at a milestone, but then I figured that would probably give it away and you came <laughs> up with that on your own anyway. So yes, yeah, uh, Bill Clinton is 75 today. So that is all that I have. Um, and you have some trivia answers for us. I'm 
curious yeah. to see. I, I know I think I got a couple, right? But I don't know about some of the others. So what are our trivia answers? So what federal department becomes the largest employer in the country for one day? That's, of course, Elections Canada. Um, and Elections Canada, I read something where they've been around for 100 years, and uh, they are the they were the first elections bureau ever created in the world. Wow. That's kind of cool. And I've done work for Elections Canada back when I was in my early 20s. Um, I had a family member, um, a great aunt of mine who ran a lot of the election stuff in the area, oversaw the, the office in Essex. So I had, had worked there for one of the elections. And um, it, it was actually pretty fun being there and just the buzz about things going on. Um, mind you, dealing with the public, people can get very frustrated, especially when it comes to something as serious as making sure they're registered or trying to get, you know, their addresses changed and stuff like that. So um, right. it got a little tense at times, but oh, I enjoyed doing it. Um, and especially on the day of, I mean, there's just, it's nonstop, um, you know, it, it, right. morning tonight, I think I worked um, probably a 14 hour day the on the day of the election. And, uh, but it was exciting. I enjoyed oh. it. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. I think it would be it would be neat to do that, and maybe in my retirement years, I'll try and help out a little bit with that. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. um, question two is only six square kilometers. This Ontario riding is the smallest in Canada, but has nearly three times the population as Canada's largest riding. Do you, did you know which one that was? Well, I was thinking downtown Toronto or one of the ones Correct. in Toronto. It would be called Toronto Center, okay. and uh, and it is the smallest riding geographically in Ontario and, or in Canada, sorry. And, um, and the largest riding in Canada is Nunavut. Wow. So it has three times the population as Nunavut. Wow. That's incredible. Um, what day of the week are federal elections mandated to fall on? Did is you it a that? Monday? It's Monday. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, if it happens to be a holiday on the Monday, then they can be moved to Tuesday, but they are required by law to hold federal elections on Mondays. And do we know why that is? Um, I don't know if I, I'm reading something here that said it became law in 1929 um, when the very first chief electoral officer pointed out that with the election being held on a Thursday that year, the advanced voting provisions had been of little use to commercial travelers. So it had something to do with uh, advanced polls and traveling and that sort of thing. Um, Which probably doesn't apply now, but after all these years, oh, yeah. hasn't yeah. been changed. But it works out well for us because the newspaper goes to print on Tuesday. And so it's nice that we have results on a Monday night into Tuesday morning. As long as there's no issues, then we can right. actually be totally up to date when the paper goes to print. So yeah, works that so helps well. us for sure. Hopefully they won't change it. Yes. <laughs> Um, the minimum number of days legally allowed for an election campaign in Canada is 36 days. Okay. And that is exactly what we're dealing with right now. They announced yesterday there was going to be an election on uh, September the 20th, and uh, there are exactly 36 days for them to campaign. My husband and I were talking about that, and I said, isn't it nice that there's only 36 days that we don't have to go through how many years of the mm -hmm. political ads, like what the Americans go through, and... Um, yeah. You know, there seems to start earlier and earlier. I mean, some a president gets elected and already they're talking about who's possibly going to be running in the next right. election and then yeah. all those ads. And so I like this 36 days. Let's just do this, get it done and move on. And did you know that the maximum amount of days for an election is 50? Wow. 
I did so not the campaign know that. can't last longer than 50 days, which is a which is refreshing. Like you say, when you look at all of the stuff that led up to the American uh, federal election last last year, um, and look at all the debates and everything else that went on over the course of months before and even years, um, it just it's nice to get it get it done and get it over with. Yes, for sure. And the final trivia question was, who is the leader of the federal NDP party? That is Jagmeet Singh. And uh, that's it. That's And who I believe was born in Windsor, was he not? I don't know. I believe he was born in Windsor. Yeah. Well, oh, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. And uh, we will be back next week with another podcast, some more trivia. Um, hard to believe that we're getting close to the end of summer. I, I think every week now for the last couple of weeks, I keep saying, I can't believe we're already at this point in summer, but it is going by fast. So, um, if anybody wants to look up any, uh, of our issues of South Point Sun, you can go to southpointsun.ca or South Point Living Magazine is southpointlivingmag.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and that way you can get informed on when new episodes are released. So. Thank you to DJ Kersey, Jaron Kerr for our podcast theme song and to Sarah Hayflin from the Elevate Podcast Company for producing our podcast. And we will be back next week.